When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. OU versus Nebraska. The tradition. The history. The memories. The rivalry. Here's the snap to watch. Pitches to Ryan. Gets the box. He's in for the touchdown. Oklahoma. And the Sooners go on top with 56 seconds to play. One of the most anticipated matchups on the college football schedule every single year is back. For the first time since 2010, and for the first time in Norman since 2008, it's Oklahoma and Nebraska. There's oranges flying on the field. 32-yard touchdown on the interception return by Derek Strait. By my preacher talking trash is how I was introduced to the rivalry, 100%. (laughs) You know, don't worry, he knows. He's watching right now, and he has the best seat in the house. The Sooner Sports Podcast presents the Sooner Legacy Series. The stories behind the greatest moments and individuals in Oklahoma Sooner history. Now, here's your host, Toby Rowland. Welcome to the Legacy Series. I'm Toby Rowland. From 1921 to 2010, from the Missouri Valley to the Big 7 to the Big 8 to the Big 12, the Huskers and Sooners were conference rivals. For 71 consecutive seasons, they battled, featuring some of the most memorable and iconic moments that have become ingrained in not just the history of both schools, but college football. Today, we look at this tradition-rich series through the eyes of the fan. Today, you take over the Legacy Series. These are the stories and the memories that make this rivalry so special. The Legacy Series, through the eyes of the fans. My name is Don Duncan. I went to OU from 67, 71, graduated in 71, and I was an OU fan going all the way back to grade school. And as the years have gone on, I'm now 72. I think I'm a bigger fan now than I was when I was in college. (laughs) Well, everyone back in the day looked at Oklahoma playing Nebraska 
as as big, if not bigger, as Texas playing Oklahoma, if you can believe that today. Uh, every year, what was at stake was either a Big 12 championship or a Big 8, I should say, uh, who was going to be the college coach of the year, who was going to be in the College Hall of Fame. I mean, we had uh, all kinds of things going on. You look at the drafts every year, uh, the NFL got a bevy of people between the two schools. And uh, just like the 71 game, you know, as you were often playing for national championship titles or, or you know, certainly in the top four or five, it was a big, big deal. Both teams called themselves the Big Red, and this was for bragging rights. Who really was Big Red until the next year? I had uh, graduated in 71, and of course the game was at that Thanksgiving, and I got a sideline pass for the game. And uh, I went down and, uh, you know, standing there as Johnny Rogers was running by, and Tom Osborne, of course, was the offensive coordinator at the time. And as you know, he later came back to Washington as a congressman uh, in 2000. So we had a fundraiser on Capitol Hill for Tom Osborne. I went to the fundraiser and I told him, I said, you know, I only have one regret in life. And that's that I didn't stick my foot out when Johnny Rogers ran by. He, he laughed a little bit, but thank God I had brought a check fundraiser because he didn't look like he had too much humor <laughs> but I said it and it was I mean he literally just ran uh, I was standing down not too far from the end zone and he literally ran on by and uh, a bunch of the guys were, were were laughing about it said yeah we would have done a lot of things different on that day though those of us who were on the sidelines and we know what the score was going to end up being <laughs> I was at breakfast yesterday morning at a nearby diner. I walked out of the diner and I had my car parked right in the front door, by the front door. And I have a, you know, a OU license plate around my, uh, a trim around my license plate. And three guys were sitting there that were, looked like they were in their 50s, 60s. One said, you go to OU? And I said, yeah, I did. When did you go? And I told him, and he said, yeah, I did too. And the other guy said, I did too. And the third guy said he went to OSU. But all they could talk about was the Nebraska game coming up on Saturday. So even though we're back 1,400 miles from Norman, the excitement's in the air in Virginia. Dave Robertson calls the signal. He gets the snap. He gets to Joe Washington, sweeping the right side. Cuts in the one out of the Oklahoma. Washington cut in nicely around the right side on the option play. Good blocking out front by Crosswhite. And by Grant Bergen, and Oklahoma scores on that drive from their own 24-yard line. 76 yards in 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 plays. Hey, I'm Paige Cole. I'm a lifelong Sooner fan. I've been working with the OU Club of Tulsa since about 2001. Um, the Oklahoma Sooners are near and dear to my heart, and I think my first true sentence was probably Boomer Sooner. Well, I grew up in a small town in north central Kansas, um, tons of KU and K-State fans, but we were also about three hours from Lincoln. So every Saturday, my family owned a family-owned pharmacy on Main Street, and um, the KU, K-State, Nebraska fans would all come down and have coffee, um, you know, game day Saturday to get ready. We were the only OU fans um, that I knew of. Um, in the town or the area. And uh, so my dad every Saturday would 
put the school flags out um, in front of the store to kind of celebrate that it was game day. But OU Nebraska, for some reason, was special to him. Um, he had an average size Nebraska flag that you would put out in front of your house. But somewhere along the line, he picked up a huge OU fan, um, OU flag. It was, you know, similar to the one that the Roughnecks ran out into the field, except the pole was much taller. And um, he would place that Nebraska flag out in front of the store, and then right next to it, he would place the huge Sooner flag, just so that anybody driving by or coming in for coffee that day would know who he was cheering for. My favorite memory is probably 2000. Um, they were number one and we were number two, I believe. And um, the atmosphere was just electric. Um, fans were so excited. I think people were throwing oranges onto the field most of the day. Um, but I remember looking at um, my mom, who she and I have been going to the games um, for about 25 years together, and the people sitting next to us, and we kind of were like, can we start cheering? We're number one now. Everybody coming again. Eichel, going to loft it long, man. Well, my name is Chris Foshi. I've been a uh, fan basically since birth. I ended up going to school there. I was uh, I started fall of 01. So my senior year, we won the national title. But, you know, to me, OU Nebraska growing up was I was five years old when Switchers last season. I'm 38 years old now. So for me, my formative, you know, football years of like becoming an OU football fan were during the Gibbs, Schnellenberger, and Blake years. Uh, I was 15 years old when uh, Bob Stoops was hired. And my first season, I was 16 with Bob Stoops. And um, so to me, OU Nebraska was just butt kicking after butt kicking. And my dad used to always tell me, hey, you know, and I, I was just in awe of Nebraska. I'll never forget, there was one game I showed up where we were playing on national television. I was like, oh, you was playing on national television. He's like, we used to play on national television all the time. And I was like, well, I've never been a part of that. <laughs> and uh, he would always tell me, you know, oh, you used to be this good. And I was always very confused about, like, what do you mean, oh, you used to be that good? And and I realized, you know, oh, you had some national titles before I was born and all this stuff. They won one when I was two, but I don't remember being, you know, any part of it. And, and um, so to me, OU Nebraska was just showing up the tradition, you know, Friday night after, you know, a great Thanksgiving dinner. And he would take me to the, through his traditions of what he used to do and say, hey, we have to eat at our fellows and then take a lucky walk through the student union. That's OU Nebraska. And then we would go and get, you know, have 70 put on us some years, you know? And so I was just like, all right, I guess this is OU Nebraska. So I'll never forget going to that 2000 game of like, oh my gosh, this is it. I finally get to experience my real first OU Nebraska. And of course, you know, Eric Crouch, Right off the bat, we're down 14 nothing. I'm like, oh, well, here we go again. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we get a touchdown. And then I will, the goosebumps still go up on my neck when I think about that. Josh Heupel to Curtis Bacon. I think it was about a 35-yard touchdown pass just to fade right down the middle, maybe a little bit of a skinny post. And in the place erupted, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're tied. Oh, this is it. This is what a real Nebraska is all about. And just it was 
unbelievable. But growing up to me, I mean, we used to always get her just butt kicked. And I got tired of my dad always telling me, you know, this, well, that's what we used to do. That's what we used to do. And I would kind of get annoyed by it. I was like, all right, dad, I get it. I mean, I was grateful that we had that history. Like, you know, oh, hey, you know, we have three previous Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, we have these six national titles, but, you know, that's before my before my knowledge of any OU football. So, and then all of a sudden, 2000 rolls around, and I will, I still will never forget when Derek Strait had the interception return in the second half. Just, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. We're going to beat Nebraska when we're relevant. Oh my goodness. Because even though we had clobbered OU Texas, you know, we had clobbered Kansas State, you know, I think we won by 10 points that game in red October. It still was like, okay, is this fool's gold? Is this for real? And all of a sudden, it was for real. And I'll never forget that. It was just unbelievable. There's oranges flying on the field. 32-yard touchdown on the interception return by Derek Strait. Hey, I'm Mary Moore. Um, You know, I was born in Tulsa, grew up with my family being diehard Sooners fans. And uh, the love for the Sooners has just grown for me as an adult from there. The 1997 blowout, um, you know, rings a bell, and and unfortunately it wasn't in in our favor. Um, But, you know, I I grew up very involved in a a church where the minister just happened to be a diehard Nebraska fan. And, um, of course, so Nebraska was God's favorite every Sunday. And um, we, you know, I grew up watching Nebraska OU formal rivalry games on VHS in his office um, and at his house. So that was kind of where my love for rivalries began, to be honest, was the OU Nebraska rivalry, just because we would leave little gifts in his office. We would, um, you know, come home and there'd be a Nebraska uh, flag hung on our house. You know, just the little fun fanfare that we would do back and forth uh, growing up you know, mainly in the 90s in that era um, was just one of my favorite, one of my favorite sports memories. We have the jerseys, you know, I'm a big sports nerd. And I think it, you know, it started with OU and just um, the fan base and being a part of that, even when we lived in Illinois, still having an OU fan base within my family to be able to cheer on and and do the football games and wear the jerseys and wear the gear. And, um, you know, even in another state was just something that will always be um, a favorite memory of mine. Hi, this is Jimmy Blackader, uh, owner of Waterfront Grill in Los Cabos in Tulsa, Oklahoma and uh, a uh, graduate of the University of Oklahoma in 1992 and obviously a diehard Sooner fan. Well, unfortunately, the last 20 years, that's meant very little. Um, But now, you know, we're starting to uh, rekindle a little bit. Um, But uh, OU Nebraska, you know, every year when I was growing up, it was, you know, for the Big 8 title and to see who plays in the Orange Bowl and 90% of the time for a national championship. Uh, it was either Nebraska or Oklahoma. So uh, growing up uh, with Barry Switzer and, and as friends with my dad, um, I got a, kind of a firsthand uh, look at uh, what was going on down there when I was in high school. And uh, it was pretty special, man. It was uh, a lot of great players, as you well know, and uh, just just a lot of great memories of, of close ball games. You know, they always went down to the wire. and. That's kind of where Sooner Magic uh, was discovered. It was uh, 1985. Uh, My grandfather uh, took me to the game. It was cold. I didn't really want to go. 
and uh, I wanted to watch it on TV, but uh, my grandfather was like, nah, get in the car, let's go. So, obviously, that game, um, it was, I believe Nebraska was first or second in the country. I think we were fifth in the country, and, uh, you know, they were they were rolling. Uh, they were beating everybody by 30, 40 points, um, looking great. And um, so, you know, they came in, and uh, OU absolutely throttled them. The defense with uh, Miliazzo, Bosworth, Sonny Brown, um, Rayburn, all those guys were just flying all over the ball. Uh, the secondary was solid. It was, you know, Jamel Holloway was a true freshman. Didn't know a whole, nobody really knew anything about him. He came in for Aikman when Aikman broke his ankle uh, in the Miami game. And uh, so here was this kid and, and, you know, he ran the wishbone pretty well. So uh, we were happy, but uh, that was really the game where the country got introduced to um, to uh, to uh, Keith Jackson, uh, I'll never forget. The reason I remember that is because he wore number 88, and he went 88 yards on an end around that broke that game open, and uh, it really kind of just uh, blossomed into a rout. Um, I think we beat him by four touchdowns. Well, it means a lot. It just brings back you know the memories and uh, you know what uh, what football was like you know back in the 80s. 70s and 80s um, you know it was it was the wishbone it was the option you know it's it's just a great rivalry um, the fan bases are, are phenomenal um, you know they've sold out every game since you know 30s or 40s I think and we're we're well on our way to a big record so um, I think that um, you know it just it just means a lot it just it's just going to be great to see those white helmets uh, with the N on it and uh, you know the, the red helmets with the white OU and uh, and to uh, strap it on and see who's, who's, who's the big boy now. Second down and seven. Here goes Keith Jackson, the tight end on a reverse. Gets a block on the corner and breaks into the open. It's now a foot race. He's got an open field in front of him. He's running out of gas. He scores. Yards. Watch the fake and the fake to the fullback to the left. And all the time, the offensive linemen are going to go around and form a wall of blockers. Now, when we pick up Jackson again, watch the red shirts over here. They've got outside position and they set up the wall, letting Jackson, number 88, go right down the boundary. Good blocking. The timing was perfect. I don't ever remember seeing a surprise play work so beautifully this early in the football game. Before we get a timeout, here is Brian Hines' story. November 25th, 1985. Nine days after my ninth birthday, my parents took me to my first OU game in Norman. I remember being in awe of the stadium as we pulled up. The sights, the sounds and smells, and the food. I thought I was in heaven. The game itself was amazing. We sat in the north end zone, two rows from the field. I saw the reverse. I saw Tony Casillas, Ricky Dixon, the Boz, all flying all over the field. I learned what it meant to throw an orange onto the field, and it seemed a lot harder than throwing a baseball. I remember the feeling of victory flowing through my veins. I wasn't a Sooner fan until that day, but on November 25th, 1985, I became a Sooner for life. Thanks, Mom and Dad. We'll be back with more of the Legacy Series. Hi, my name is Lisa Simons. Um, I've been a Sooner football fan my entire life. I'm not going to tell you how long that is because nobody needs to know. Um, I live, breathe, 
eat, sleep, drink, whatever. Sooner football, everybody does. That's a huge uh, Sooner fan. And I am all about this game this weekend. Uh, I was definitely born into a Sooner family. And back in, you know, the especially the big eight days, uh, just the Thanksgiving Day, day games of those Nebraska-Oklahoma games. I remember I was very young, but I'll never forget the big deal it was watching those games um, at my grandparents' house uh, with especially my dad getting up and yelling and almost throwing a turkey across the room, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I miss that rivalry. I miss those Thanksgiving games. Uh, let me tell you a story. My dad, I was about eight years old, and my brother had, they got him a BB gun one year, but they wouldn't let him keep it at the house, but they let him keep it at my grandparents because they live out in the country. So one weekend, my dad said, hey, uh, Lisa, come out here. We're going to make some popcorn, which I didn't understand why I needed to go outside for that, but I'm going to follow my dad. He had, did you ever see the, the corn cob foam hats? Yes. that Nebraska fans wear. He had one of those on a pole and started shooting at it and that phone was going everywhere and he's like, look, popcorn, popcorn. <laughs> you know, there's still people that have them, kind of like the OU schooner foam hats. There's not many left. When I see those, I just, <laughs> popcorn, yay. <laughs> I got transferred to Omaha. I moved up there in about August, and when I did, they knew what a Sooners fan I was. They had my entire office decorated in uh, Nebraska stuff. And that was the year we beat them in the Big 12 championship game, 2010. I was so excited about that. That was a fun year because I actually made special Christmas cards. I had them made with the Sooner Schooner, uh, you know, and Boomer Sooner flying the Sooner Schooner for the year like Santa Claus. And I personally made them out to each of those people who did that. So that was definitely one of my favorite years. Mayhem has broken out on the field, guys. The Gatorade has been dumped, and the Sooners have just won their seventh Big 12 championship. Never, never give up, guys. <laughs> what a game. The Sooners win the, the game as the clock runs, and there's the gun going off. 23-20, the final. Oklahoma beats Nebraska. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> How about them apples, huh? I'm Dory Noka, graduated from Oklahoma in 1998, currently the lead anchor on the SEC Network. I grew up when these two teams were playing for Big A championships and a trip to Miami and the Orange Bowl and a likely national championship every year. I'll never forget sitting in my living room, watching those games in November with so much on the line. I hated when Nebraska left the Big 12. I thought it was a mistake. I still think it's a mistake. But I remember as a Sooner fan in this business and broadcast journalism, making my way to Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'd lived for two years, and I covered the Huskers and really came to appreciate Nebraska football and the great Nebraska fans. And I covered them every game in 2000 and 2001. And just so happens that I'm living in Nebraska covering the Huskers, when OU wins the national championship in 2000, and we remember that game. And the next year, it's a 1-2 matchup in 2001. As good of an OU-Nebraska matchup uh, on paper as we've had in all of those great years in the 80s and in the 70s. 
and Oklahoma's number one and Nebraska's number two. And I'm standing on that field at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, covering Nebraska, watching my alma mater come in as the number one ranked team in the country, looking to make a repeat run at a national championship. And all of a sudden, the play that Nebraskans will never forget, Bobby Newcomb by hands the ball to Mike Stunts, a backup quarterback, who then fires it down the left sideline to Eric Crouch, a quarterback who has his Heisman moment with a touchdown catch down the sideline. Nebraska wins the game 20 to 10, and they go on and play for a national championship later that year. I really came to appreciate Nebraska football in my two years there. I love their fans. I think they might still be the best fans in all of college sports, and I'm okay saying that, even as a Sooner. I want Nebraska to be back. They're not there yet. I hate that this matchup that we get this year is not gonna be what was dreamed of being when they put this thing together. But nonetheless, we're still gonna have two great fan bases, two great universities, and two proud athletic programs that go head to head. I love that this rivalry is back. I just wish Nebraska was back so that we could really enjoy this on a national stage and so that everybody could see that, man, you know what? It might be 20 and 30 years out of its prime, but it's still really cool to watch two powers go head to head and show the kind of respect within the departments and fan bases that they do have for one another. Here's the snap. Winchester gets a good, high, great kick away. Ben Smith back inside the 40 to the 37. Jitterbuggy now to 40. Fumbles the football, and I think Oklahoma has recovered. The Sooners have recovered the football. Let's see as they unpile. The first indication was Oklahoma recovering. Sooners say it. There go the officials. Sooners have recovered a Jeff Smith fumble at the 42-yard line, and it will be first down Oklahoma up off the bottom of the pile. Oh, what a great story this is. Mike, Jeff Haight comes up with a fumble recovery for the Sooners. Jeff Hake, as you know, was injured in an accident, a knifing incident during the summer, and it wasn't too sure that he'd play at all this year, but since he has already redshirted, he lost nothing, and he came back, recuperated, and, and I think the whole thing was, might have been worth it on that one play. Hi, my name's Kristen Duncan Gillespie. I live in Harrington, Delaware. Been brought up as an OU Sooner fan my whole life. My dad went there, and our whole family is diehard Sooner fans. I mean, you sit there, and at first you didn't really know what all, <laughs> you were a little confused at that age, because, you know, in the 80s, I was, like, under 10, so, but then once you, like, your dad would be, like, you know, start cussing if Nebraska did good, or start rooting if Oklahoma did good, then you sort of got the idea of, okay, this is how this is played, this is what's going on, and we need to follow suit. Of course, we weren't allowed to cuss, but, you know, I mean, we would, we would go crazy if, you know, when Oklahoma did well, and then you know, when Nebraska did well, of course, we'd boo and, you know, all that fun stuff. I can just say, honestly, through growing up with my dad, you know, being a diehard Oklahoma Sooner fan, when the games were on with Nebraska, that was the one time, I'm telling you, you did not disrupt him at all. Don't go talk to him. If you need something, ask your mom. Um, I mean, that was where you hear stuff that you'd never hear out of my father's mouth, ever. So to me, like that was a that was a diehard game, and you knew that was a diehard game, and you know that was that was just something big. <laughs> Hi, Chris. It's Susan Caperton from Claremore. As a lifelong Sooners fan, I was around for the Greg Pruitt and Johnny Rogers matchup. Watched the other greats like Jamel Holloway, 
Joe Washington, Selmans, and Billy Sims, and of course reveled in the sooner magic of the wishbone offense. I even attempted to watch Nebraska's 1995 route of Howard Schnellenberger's team, but my most memorable Oklahoma-Nebraska game was one I didn't get to see or hear because I had a very special VIP wedding to attend that day. Are you kidding me? Who in the South plans a wedding for a fall Saturday afternoon? Well, my son Brady Walker and his beautiful wife Wendy were married on October 28, 2000. Both teams were undefeated coming into this game, and it was for all the jelly beans in the world. It would be a high anxiety day, but I was one very proud mama. At some point in a traditional Catholic wedding, the couple are asked to kneel at the altar. Knowing this, two of the groomsmen, who were also OU graduates, applied white tape to the bottom of Brady's shoes that spelled out OU number one. Then, when the bottom of the shoes were revealed, laughter erupted in the sanctuary and seemed to break the tension. Immediately following the ceremony, the first groomsman made a beeline to his truck to catch the score. The Sooners were ahead, but plenty of time left for disaster to strike, and we still had a reception to do. Josh Heupel led OU on to win that game and to win the national championship. It was one of the best days of my life. 21 years later, the couple are still happily married and have blessed me with two beautiful grandchildren. I can say I was a little sad when the conferences scrambled and the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry died. But now, years later, I'm thinking perhaps the Sooners-Huskers game is just another game. Or is it? I'll definitely be watching it this year and, of course, listening to the radio broadcast from my favorite play-by-play -play team. Boomer Sooner. And now the emotions can flow. And I don't think there's an orange in a supermarket in Norman, Oklahoma, because most of them are flying out of the stands right now. They now are the number one team in the country. This is Dennis Kelly, also known as Stats. In the fall of 71, I was a senior at Weatherford High School, and I went to an event at the Civic Center Music Hall in Oklahoma City. And there in the Music Hall lobby was a Fullerton ticket agency. They had all kinds of concert tickets and a big sign for Oklahoma University football tickets. Myself and my friend Larry Adler got excited and thought about the Nebraska game upcoming in a couple of months, and I hurriedly bought two tickets to the game of the century and had them in my hands. Larry was reluctant. He didn't know how many to buy because of visitors on Thanksgiving Day. And then I had buyer's remorse. I remember thinking, how was I going to get to Norman? Would my car make it? What, what about all the logistics? I suddenly went back to the window and the nice lady gave me my money back. If I remember correct, it was $12. That was about all the money I had in the world. And I was relieved and also sad and even sadder when the Sooners lost on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I'm Terry Long, a lifelong Sooner fan, thanks to my dad, Bernard Long, God rest his soul, who raised me right. And uh, I have a podcast, Sooner Football Fans Podcast, you can listen to, and I'm here to talk about what the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry really means. Uh, it's it's what I grew up on. There were, there were, two, there were two games growing up 
uh, as a Sooner fan in the 70s and 80s, you know, as a young man, young child during those times, that the second weekend in October was OU Texas and Thanksgiving weekend was Nebraska. It was cold. I don't care where it was at. The OU Nebraska game was also every year during that weekend. It was dreary. It was cold. It was miserable. It looked like it was horrible to be playing in. But you grew up. Those were the two games that meant everything to us. I was young. I was a uh, middle school, I guess, in 78, 79. And uh, Nebraska had beaten Oklahoma uh, in 1978 uh, in the game. Uh, I think it was 17, 14. It was a close game. And as we know, the the winner of the OU Nebraska game was usually crowned um, the Big 8 champion and got to go to the Orange Bowl. And a couple of weeks after that game, it was on the news, and I'll never forget it. My dad laughed so hard uh, when they showed Tom Osborne on the phone with the uh, Lincoln, you know, with the Orange Bowl committee being told, you're playing Oklahoma. He looked like somebody, like he just crapped his pants. It was just like, are you kidding me? We just beat these guys you know, two weeks ago, and we got to play them again. This isn't supposed to happen. You could tell. And Oklahoma ends up winning in the Orange Bowl, uh, 31 to 24. The other, and I, I think the other one that really comes to mind um, that, uh, and it's primarily because on our podcast, we had Paul Miliazzo on a couple of years ago. And if you don't know who Paul Miliazzo is out there, guys, there was two linebackers in the mid 80s uh, and Paul Miliazzo was the other one other than Brian Bosworth. The only reason why you didn't hear Paul, you didn't, people don't know who Paul is. It's because, well, when you play against, you know, opposite of one of the most colorful personalities in football, you don't get that much, that much recognition. But the 85 game, <clears throat> uh, Nebraska came in with the highest ranked scoring offense in the country um oklahoma shut them out for three quarters they scored on the second and third string and paul miliazzo was talking about how mad the first the first string was by they let them you know they let them score oklahoma won 27 to 7 it should have been 27 to nothing and it was also the first time we ever got to see uh, Keith Jackson and the tight end reverse and they he ran it three times and it's funny his number was 88 his first collegiate carry was for an 88 yard touchdown run against Nebraska they ran the tight end reverse three times and Nebraska never stopped it he got a, you know he didn't score all three times but he got I think it was 130 something yards rushing 245 to play in the game Wilson in motion to the boundary counter by Watt this is the run, 45, outside 50, 45, 40, in the open, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, out of bounds at the 14-yard line. And the miracle may about happen again as Watts, with a great tip to Ryan, got outside. He had a blocker in front of him leading the way. I think it was Chet Winters, and it was Winters that not so much the block, but just the interference of the run in front of a Nebraska blocker. Ryan's got another 20 down to the 30, down to the 14-yard line. My name is John Page. I'm from Wagner, Oklahoma. 
I played football at the University of Oklahoma in 1989-1990. I was a tight end and a deep snapper, and it was a childhood dream to play for the Sooners. Just the OU games are always, I've been a fan forever. I would say just running on to Owen Field every time is amazing experience. And the Nebraska game was even more of an experience because it was on national television. Uh, we were actually on probation the year before and we didn't have any games televised. So this was one of the, besides the OU Texas game, this was a another ranked team that we were playing. And it was just amazing feeling to run out with that kind of atmosphere the Battle of the Big Reds, and um, we ended up beating them 45 to 10. And uh, Coach Gibbs gave away game balls to everybody on the team, <laughs> which was amazing um, because it's just a uh, total total team effort. He recognized and praised all of us. So um, just thinking back how, how how special that was and getting to play in that game, um, it, it was just a you know it was 30 years ago, but it's still amazing to think about it now. The teams were both always ranked in the top 10, seemed like, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid. And I grew up watching those games. And then my dad would take me to those games. And, you know, I, I, I remember still the Keith Jackson tight end reverse and where I was sitting and, and just screaming as a, you know, I was probably a 12, 10 or 12 year old kid uh, just going nuts and, and, and getting to watch that, see those games between them and uh, you know I was probably two years old when the game of the century was played so of course I don't remember that but I've watched highlights of it and how um, just the rivalry and, and it was always the battle for conference championship and we played them you know on after Thanksgiving Day um, so that was kind of started a tradition uh, that was different because nowadays you know the games are played all different times and when I played we played at 2.30 on Saturday, and that was it. 2.30 <laughs> on Saturday, and that was it. We didn't play at 6 o'clock or 11 o'clock. That, that was the game. So to play on a Friday, I think the game was still at 2.30. Um, but that was a you know kind of a different scenario that they started. Uh, I think when I was there, I think that just started going on. My name is Lisa Sims. I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and I have been a Sooner fan all my life. One of the best rivalries ever. Um, it's, to me, it's just the total opposite of OU Texas. It is a rivalry, but even though OU Texas is more of a hated, heated rivalry, I think the OU Nebraska rivalry is more of a respected rivalry because we've both been there and uh, it's, it's just more of a respected thing. That's the way I see it. My mom actually was a graduate of Muskogee High School in 1949, and she went to school with a bunch of guys that played for OU, like the Burris Brothers, of course, and um, there were even more that went to Muskogee High School. So when my brother and I were both born in the, in the 60s, uh, we were both raised watching and listening to OU. We were raised on OU football. 
and that was just the thing for us. That's where it all uh, started with us, uh, just ingrained into us, just growing up watching these games. We're from here in the Tulsa area, and this is where we were raised. And my brother had moved up to Omaha, Nebraska back in the late 90s. Um, and then uh, August uh, 30th of 2000, he was murdered up there in Omaha. And he was one of the rare, I say rare, I, I know there's a lot of OU fans up there, but he was one of those rare OU fans living up there in Omaha. Um, and uh, he drove a, a Chevy Silverado pickup with an OU sticker on the bumper. He wore OU shirts all the time to proclaim that he was an OU fan. And he always talked up OU even during the bad years. And, uh, you know, it always let everybody know he was an OU fan. And um, he was so excited about the upcoming game in Norman and even telling everybody that he knew up there in Omaha that OU was going to win that game. So not even knowing how this team was going to come out, how that 2000 season was going to come out, he was already telling people, you know, the summer before that season even started that, that they were going to beat Nebraska. My husband and I have been season ticket holders since 1996. And um, of course, whenever we attended the OU Nebraska game in 2000, um, we went with uh, my father-in-law and uh, my brother-in-law. And uh, during that, uh, whenever we, during that day, it was it was very an, a very emotional day because I know my brother would have wanted to have been there. And um, uh, but whenever we walked into the stadium, especially for me, it got very emotional because I knew the importance of that game. It was OU Nebraska was always important, but knowing that my brother was no longer with us, and walking into the stadium and just feeling the energy, knowing what this rivalry meant, it was very emotional for me and my husband Jim. And, um, you know, just uh, with it being red October and things were going so good during that month and we were beating everybody and doing so well, um, you know, it was it was very exciting. And even as the game went on that day, um, it just seems like it just seemed like things were just falling into place. And it just seemed like it was going to be our day. I mean, I'm just getting chills thinking about it right now. But even when we fell behind 14 to nothing, for some reason, there was just something about me that just felt that it's OK. This is going to be all right. And, you know, sure enough, you know, the guys came back and and just and killed it. They did really good. They won that game. And I knew how important that was to my brother. And I knew that, um, you know, I knew if he was there that he would just love that. And, and I just cried. And of course, you know, I said to my, to my family there, I said, you know, I wish, you know, Phil was here to see this. And my brother-in-law spoke up and said, uh, you know, don't worry, he knows he's watching right now and he has the best seat in the house. And of course, I just cried. I lost it. And that was just really an emotional time for me. And knowing how important that game was, it just it just really, really brought it all together and and uh, just really a special day.
Thanks for joining us for the Legacy Series, Through the Eyes of the Fans. We appreciate every story and hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. It's the Sooners and the Huskers this Saturday at 11 a.m. OU will return to Lincoln in 2022, and the two teams will play again in 2029 and 2030. The teams might not play every year, but the history has provided enough memories to last a lifetime. Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.